When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett, our resident vet, uh, joins us. Um, good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're, you are very welcome. We were talking on the Garda file earlier about fireworks and, you know, the warning to people not to buy illegal uh, fireworks. But I made the point about fireworks and the fear it can cause to dogs, in particular dogs, but to, to any pets. And people need to be careful. We're coming into that season of people letting off fireworks and firecrackers. You need to make sure dogs can run and be, run many miles away from home if they get a fright. Absolutely. They can run in a blind panic so much so that they lose their bearings essentially and can't find their way home. And I know as a veterinary practice, we always seem to, in this season, kind of coming up to the colder weather and the celebratory seasons on Halloween, we will get an increase in calls of people looking, saying, you know, have, have you heard of my dog? He's been missing. Um, and if we had heard of anything to let them know and it's really heartbreaking because a lot of the time these dogs don't return. So I think the main things I would say is if you know your dog or cat is fearful of fireworks and I suppose if they're a puppy and they may not have encountered them before, if you're in any doubt, just make sure they're secure within the house on the kind of nights where this may be happening, um, even though it's less than desirable. And I suppose my second thing would be to build them a little den in the house. So somewhere really comfortable that they can go, that's nice and kind of insulated with a few blankets and sound. I normally say that little dog crates are a really great thing because they can kind of make that into a little safe nest. And if you get them used to it now so that they can go in there and have a little rest, it becomes a point of safety when you really need it. So when the loud bangs or thunderstorms or fireworks are going off, they can retreat in there as a safe private place where they feel secure. Playing a little bit of ambient music in the background is another really helpful thing as well. Just, just It may not eliminate the sound entirely and you don't want to be blasting out rock music or anything like that, but just something gentle to kind of um, break up the silence in between the bangs is really helpful. But my final piece of advice would be now is the time to make sure that your pet is microchipped and their details are up to date so that, God forbid, if the worst does happen and they run off in a blind panic and get lost in either a storm or due to fireworks or loud bangs, that when they are presented to either the guardie or a veterinary practice and scanned for a microchip, those details will connect directly back to you on the database so we can ensure that your your pet can be reunited with you That's very great swiftly advice. And, and avoid yeah. heartbreak. That's good. That is great advice. Okay, straight into questions. Tr- Trish has been on about her 12-year-old plus chihuahua, neutered female, totally an indoor dog, recently been diagnosed with arthritis in her front leg. She was put on something called Rumadel, 
for pain and mm-hmm. Trish has also put her on a supplement called You Move. What would Jane mm-hmm. feel about an infrared heat to put on the dog's legs? Trish uses it on her own and she finds it really good but she wonders would it be okay to use in a dog? An infrared lamp. Ah, this is a really interesting question, not one I've come across recently. I think well done for getting your, your dog attention for the arthritis. Picking up those subtle signs of stiffness and pain early on is really helpful because it ensures that we can arrange kind of adequate pain relief and management um, for to keep that pet as comfortable as we can for as long as we can. So it sounds like from your description that she's on what's called a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So that reduces inflammation and it's also pain relief. And you move is um, it's a supplement essentially. It has um, kind of it has compounds in it that will support joint health long term. Um, so fatty acids and glucosamine and chondroitin, which are things similarly that you know humans take sometimes when they suffer from our, from sore joints. Um, infrared is an interesting one. This is not something that I'm hugely familiar with. I know that it has been used in dogs and cats. I would say that if you're interested in going down the route of using therapy like that, then it may be worth asking your vet if they could refer you to a veterinary physiotherapist to discuss a, a good long-term plan for your pet. It may be that they might suggest um, things like infrared therapy or pulse therapy, but it might be that something beneficial for them might be things like hydrotherapy, so in swimming pools, or physiotherapy, so the equivalent but on land. Um, I think it's really great. It does take quite a committed owner to to get results with physiotherapy, hydrotherapy, or any of those kind of allied therapies, but it's not something I'm hugely familiar with myself, but I think the best point of guidance was chat to your vet and ask for a referral to a veterinary physiotherapist. And there, is such a thing as a, there is such a thing as a veterinary physiotherapist, obviously. There is indeed. Yeah. And I think one really, really important thing is your vet is the best person to guide you um, as regards referral or if that is appropriate in, there, in your case, because they'll have examined the animal. Um, I, I think certainly it sounds like it might be a good idea from, from what I've heard here, but um, your own vet will be the best person to guide you and they'll be able to refer you to the right kind of appropriately qualified physiotherapist. Because I suppose like in all professions, you want to make sure that the, the professional that's dealing with you is appropriately qualified and skilled um, and certainly that you know your vet will be referring you to somebody who's who's kind of they've had experience with in the past in your local area so yes veterinary physiotherapists do it's such a thing and in my experience yeah with cases it really really makes a big difference okay Mirren has been on she's got a jack russell and she doesn't say how old the jack russell is but he keeps biting and licking his legs to the point now that they're looking pink and sore why would he be doing this and any advice on how to stop him Okay, if he's biting and licking his legs to the point where they're red and sore, he's uncomfortable and most probably itchy. Um, so I think the main thing is, first first and foremost, make sure that your parasite control is up to date. So for fleas, mites and lice, um, just you know obtain a, a treatment from your vet to make sure that's up to date if it's not already. So usually spot-ons are a monthly and some tablet products are every three months, but speak to your vet about what's the appropriate treatment schedule for what you're normally using. It does sound like there may be a deeper problem here that's focused on the front legs. Um, it could be anything from a skin infection, so what's called a pyoderma, or it could even be an allergy. But what I would say is this is not something to wait on. I don't think it's going to just go away on its own if, if it's really um, going at its little feet. 
to the point where they're red and, and red and sore, it definitely needs veterinary attention. So this is the one where I'd, I'd make an appointment with your vet for a little warm workup of their skin disease, and they'll be able to guide you as to appropriate treatment. And some testing, let's say, like taking little samples with a tape strip um, to look at under a microscope might even be required, but your vet could be the best person to judge that on the day. But that helps us to essentially diagnose exactly what the issue is and how best to treat it. Okay, and I know uh, many years ago we had an, an older dog, now it was a collie dog, who started that incessant licking. And mm. it was a sign of arthritis. It was only then we realised that he was, he was, she was trying to lick the pain away. If it was an older mm. dog, could it be? It can be if it's over, let's say, joints is the classic one. So if it's the feet predominantly, it's usually itch. But if it's over joints, then it could indeed be, be pain. pain. But yeah. I think yeah. We, yeah, a good thorough physical examination yeah. will tell a lot. I think. Okay, staying with Jack Russell's. This is a, a, a different uh, Jack Russell. A little Jack Russell puppy this time round has taken a liking to orange peel. She got the first bit out of the waste paper bin. Now, if I'm peeling an orange, she's mad to get the peel. Would it be doing her any harm to let her have some of it? Hmm. This is an unusual one. I'm not sure I've ever heard of a dog taking a liking to orange peel, so <laughs> your dog definitely has un- unique taste. Um, I can't think the, of any obvious toxicity off the top of my head, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand by that without doing a little bit of reading to make sure. My gut feeling, however, is that I, I don't think it would be the most nutritionally appropriate thing for your dog to be snacking on. It's probably quite exceptionally high in vitamin C, and it, I suppose the oils within it might cause a little bit of upset tummy. So if you think about, let's say, the oils that are in the, the surface of citrus fruit, they can be really quite acidic. And I can imagine ingesting reasonable amounts of that might lead to upset tummy. So to be honest with you, I'd say it's probably best avoided. OK, and this is a long-haired Jack Russell cross with a pug. He's a, a two-year-old. Now, he's weeing on everything outside. Uh, even my sister came to visit and he weed up against her leg. Any cure, please. He is completely house-trained and goes out to the toilet in the yard. But whenever they're out walking, he's just seems to be constantly going to the toilet. Bless him, he's marking his territory, I think, by the sounds of it. Um, he's going up to all of the things he likes, including probably the legs of people he likes, to mark them as his own. Um, this is scent marking, and it's largely behavioural. There's not a lot you can do about it once it starts, is what I would say. Um, distraction is sometimes a good tactic, and if you're if the problem mainly occurs when you're out and about and you want to kind of limit that behaviour, really good on-the-lead kind of training or heel work to kind of keep them focused on you rather than focused on scent marking everything in the vicinity will probably be helpful from that point of view. He's otherwise well in himself, eating, drinking and his peeing is normal for him. So let's say he's, he's maintaining his house training inside, he's not having accidents that might indicate he has a bladder issue or a kidney issue, then it is most likely behavioural in this case. We do see it a little bit more in unneutered males, so entire males. Um, anecdotally castration can change it a little bit so it could reduce the behavior but there's no guarantees with that because most of the behaviors associated with kind of being kind of a, a teenager or adult boy um such as scent marking um etc are learned behaviors so although castration may reduce them it most likely will not eliminate them because as they're learned they've kind of just become part of their behavioral patterns and it's likely that they'll stick around so i think distraction and lots of on lead work is probably the best way to limit it when you're out and about 
Okay, Joan has a pug. He's a cross between a bulldog and a pug. He's eating plastic all the time. Anything he can get his hands on with plastic, gone in a flash. Is he missing a vitamin? Why would he be doing this? He's a one-year-old male, not neutered yet. Okay, um, it, I can say with pretty much certainty that it won't be that he's lacking a vitamin. So generally, if dogs and cats are eating funny objects, it's usually behavioural, so it's usually boredom or they're requiring a little bit of stimulation um, or even habit um, rather than missing a vitamin. So when you start eating objects or, let's say, stones and plastic, etc., um, to supplement something in your diet, it's, it's, it's a disease called PICA. It's exceedingly rare in dogs and cats, um, so it generally tends to be that they've just got into the habit of eating these things. I would say really, really need to discourage this behaviour right now because dogs eating plastic only ends one, a, one way and it usually ends with a blockage in the intestine that requires surgery and that can be life-threatening. So you really need to try and keep your dog away from all things it could be eating as regards plastic. Uh, but I think the main thing is this dog is probably wanting brain stimulation, so it's probably a bit bored so making sure you're keeping up with your walks, you're playing and engaging with the dog. Sometimes doing a little bit of training to stimulate their brain can help, but potentially using stuffed toys like Kongs, for example. There's toys on the market that are really robust plastic, but they're safe for your dog to chew and they can be really, really indestructible. And you can stuff them with all manner of things like little bits of their kibble nuts and maybe a little bit of cream cheese and it can keep them entertained and their brain stimulated in the same way that chewing plastic would, but exceptionally safer than it would be. So I would really kind of try and tackle this head on because it could end very dangerously. Yeah, you could end up with uh, ending up having to have a major mm-hmm. operation done, etc. Okay, Absolutely. listen, as always, Jane, thank you for that. Have a lovely week and we'll chat again next week. You too, thank Thanks you. Thanks a million. That is uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket and they are part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.